The following views expressed are those of the speakers and do not represent the views of DOD Arts Components. Pay attention because you are now listening to Permission to Speak Freely. 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 You already know what it is, man. It's Permission to Speak Freely, man. Hey, we got a guest today, man. I cannot wait to get into it, man. Hey, you guys probably already know him. He goes by Mungo, man. You guys, everybody probably already know about team before self. You know what I mean? Let's go, man. Um, but yeah, man. Hey, I, we glad to have you on the, on, the, on the show today, man, on the episode, man. We can't wait to get started. Um, but you know me, man. I have, to, I have to kick this thing off, like, right. And I always ask this question, man, so... You know what? No, go ahead and start this off, Domo, because I know you got these these great ass questions, man. But I do got a good question coming up, man. I'm about to steal your question. Okay. I think. Okay. Right, I'm about to steal your question. Before I do, though, um, it's a couple of MAs waiting on this episode. People been hitting me up on TikTok, and I'm like, hey, I got an MACM that I'm about to talk to. They like, well, look, when that episode drop, let me know. Like, yo, I don't got to let you know because it's going to be on TikTok. You're good to go. <laughs> like, 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 you're going to see the preview. You're gonna, you're gonna it's going to be promo. You know what I'm saying? And if you subscribe to the podcast, I don't got to let you know. You know what I'm saying? Just subscribe, right? So we do, though. We got MACM Michael Mongo Monato from Team Before Self here with us today. And I want to get ro- I want to get rolling first by starting by talking about how I started off my day. I woke up at 2.30 in the mm. morning. Right. And this is all me ready for you, Mago. This is me getting ready for you. You know what I mean? I read those people for self uh, memes every morning. You know what I mean? So I'm like, yo, it's no way that I can have Mongo on and I didn't wake up at two o'clock in the morning and I didn't go to the gym and I didn't do my PT and I didn't do everything <laughs> that I had to do before I got Mongo on here. You know what I mean? Because I, I, I was almost thinking, like, if I don't do that, I'm going to read a meme and that meme going to make me feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, hey, but uh, welcome, you know, welcome to Permission to Speak Freely. And my first question is what I believe Damon's first question would have been. And that's how did how do you start your days? Well, starting my day, it did weekdays, uh, very, very regimented. Weekends, somewhat regimented. Mm-hmm. So a normal weekday, I wake up at four every day because I like to own my mm-hmm. day. So I get up, I take my dogs for a walk, take, you know, get a good hot shower in, loosen up those old muscles. Yeah. Uh, and then my first post is uh, before I leave my house, which is around five. It varies between five and 530 in the morning. And then for my first stop from there is to, you know, go pay the man. Yeah. You know, go to the gym and hit it. So I think we, we ran into each other once, twice, because I, I kind of make a circuit and I go to different places uh, to work out depending on what the what the work day has in store yeah. and where I need to be at. Yeah. So. Yeah. Every morning when I wake up, if I don't go to the gym and I see one of your memes, I feel real guilty. Man. <laughs> like I can't even lie, man. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yo, let me hit the gym. You know, I feel good if I hit the because cause when I hit the gym, I put my phone in airplane mode and stuff like that, right? I feel good if I hit the gym and then I look at my phone and I see a team before self meme. 
But if it's one of those lazy mornings <laughs> and I don't hit the gym and I see that team before something, I can't lie. Man. I'll be like, damn, I should have I should have got it going. I should have paid the I tell, I tell you what, you know I tell you one thing, but, man. I'm gonna have to start reading those memes too, man, because I have to drive an hour to work, right? So my mornings don't go as they <laughs> as planned. And then I get home. And I'm like, oh, man, when you get home in the evening time, man, your, your, your body ain't like it used to be, man. You'd be like, oh, sh- should I go to yeah. the gym? Should I not go? Because I'm a morning person too. So I'm like, man. So yeah, I need sometimes I need to get that extra motivation going. Yeah, it, it, and it, it's a double-edged sword, at least for me personally. So it's good to hear that, Damo, because uh, I almost think if I, if I feel lazy, like I, the the alarm goes off and I don't want to wake up. I'm like, I just want to lay here. Mm-hmm. I go, how can I tell mm-hmm. anybody about do the right thing or push through it? You know, you motivation's temporary and discipline's mm-hmm. forever. Yeah, but discipline requires daily holding yourself to account. So as soon as I do that to myself and I go, I can't tell anybody to do these things if I myself can't do it to myself. So then I'm like, fuck, and I get up <laughs> and I get in the shower and do the normal routine. And uh, yeah, so so it, I hold myself, the, all the people that follow me, it's almost like they're holding me accountable mm-hmm. to do the right thing as well. Yeah, yeah. And this this is a weekend, uh, this is a weekday thing, right? You don't post on the weekends, huh? So the weekends, I, I tend to, uh, I I. Do more reading, conversations. So, so on the weekend, I I like breakfast. So, but although it's the weekend, I woke up at four forty-five today. Mm-hmm. So I got I slept in. You know, I I woke up. <laughs> I uh, read some. I, Marcus Aurelius. Do you know who that is? Yes, Stoic. Okay, like Stoic, Stoicism and stuff like that. So. I don't know. I, I don't mean to get ahead of anybody, but that that's really the basis of, of team before self is it's based in stoicism. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I like to read and I, and I'll, I'll flip the book and just randomly read something and, and some, and I'll do it sometimes in a, in a different point of the day. And it's, it's kind of odd that sometimes whatever's happening I'm reading mm. like something, right? I, I read random quotes. Uh, you know, there's, there's, I like the book Watership Down. It's like one of my favorite reads. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'll go back. I, I like to go back to things that I've, I've read or I've seen before and kind of refresh my memory. And depending on perspective is also about time. Yeah. When you, when you're 20 years old, compared to when you're 40 years old, you can take the same material, but you'll take a different lesson or you'll, you'll take a different perspective away from that. Yeah. Yep. So I, I, I go back to things that, that resonated with me at a period in my life uh, and reread it. And, and sometimes I find new thoughts and new perspectives out of, out of them. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of the posts that I I write, uh, as a, we were talking before, they they all come based on conversations, something I've read, a situation either I was involved in or I observed. 
Um, and I think about them later. So that I, I do quite a bit of reflection mm-hmm. and, and I'm always looking for the lesson. Yeah. You know, what's a good, what's a good weekend breakfast for Mongo? Well, uh, I, I do really look for mom and pop places, but uh, I haven't really, I'm kind of newer to the area. Yeah. So I haven't really found a good mom and pop place here. Yeah. So, but there is one waffle house, a very specific waffle house <laughs> that I like to go to. And, and because I go to that one often, they know me and they, and I like my hash browns extremely crispy. I always tell them burn them. Yeah. Right. So when they see my car pull in, the dude's already <laughs> making already stuff. Yeah. So, like that. You know? so you, man, between like all your social media platforms, You've amassed like a whole lot of followers between, I don't know how many, I'm, I'm assuming upwards like 100,000 or somewhere close to 100,000. But you've, it, you've amassed a whole lot of followers. But have they ever heard you in long form, like a podcast or something like that before? I, I have been interviewed on a, on a couple times on podcasts over the years. Uh-huh. Actually, this year will be uh, my sixth year. Yeah. At, oh. uh, but there was a transition point from my original branding, which was Spartan Zero Six, uh-huh. uh, and then into Team Before Self. Team, Team Before Self used to be my tagline for Spartan Zero okay. Six. So we'll talk about that when we get into the business of it. But um, yeah, so the conversations, I'll, I'll, will work out every day. So I will go to the gym at some point. On a Saturday and a Sunday, uh-huh. uh, I call those my blood days. So it's just to, you know, get a little sweat, make the make the heart uh, do its thing, and, and uh, uh, usually about an hour, maybe an hour and a half, yeah. and then back at it. That's good though. Hour and a half in the gym on a weekend is good. I'm I'm doing like for the most part probably like two and a half hours. Um, mostly every day, but it's because I normally try to do an hour of cardio, right? It's just this thing that I like, it's a part of. So I, I, I'll do like core, that's probably 30 minutes, then I'll do like an hour of weights, then I, I try to do like an hour of cardio. But enough of me, I want to go all the way back, all the way back to the beginning. Um, before the Navy, you know, um, like what inspired you to join? Like how was life before the Navy? Okay, uh, all the way back. I'm yeah, because you were so. well, you were Marines first anyway, though, right? Okay. Yeah, I, I I joined the Marine Corps in 1986. That's the year. Yeah, yo. <laughs> That's the year I was born. <laughs> what were you doing in '86, David? <laughs> Man, I don't know. Hold on, let me think. Eighty. I, well, I was seven years old, so uh, you know. I I always wanted to be a Marine, and and this might be a touchy one here. So, so my uncle was in Vietnam, and he did a couple tours in Vietnam. And I remember I saw him in his dress blues. Maybe I was about seven between seven and 10 years old. And you know, you have that awe feeling. You're just looking at this dude and he was like, you know, you're short, you're a little kid. So he looked like he was a mod, like massive. Right. Um, And, and that, that burned an impression in my head. And I I always wanted to be that. As a matter of fact, in, in high school, uh, you know, people signing in your yearbook and I like 10th grade, everybody's like, you're cause I already was going in the Marine Corps. Yeah. I knew exactly where I wanted to go and what I uh, what I wanted to be. So I joined the Marine Corps in 86, literally 
Graduated June 29, 1986. 1500, the graduation ends. I go home, pack up a ditty bag, and 1800, I'm on a plane headed to Paris Island. Uh, so, you know, that experience of boot camp, the shock and awe when you get there. Um, so I like to joke with the sailors, you know, when they, when they can't remember something like, Hey, when's your EAOS? And they're like, uh, uh. like seriously, come on, bro. <laughs> you know, I, I can tell you, you know, when I joined, when I got out and it, they, they were significant. So I, I think that, you know, culturally, the, the, there's a shift happening uh-huh. and, 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 and it could be for a few reasons, not just a cultural shift. I think it's a, from our side, people that have been in a while, I think that, you know how parents, they always want their kids to have it better than they did. Mm-hmm. Well, at what point do we stop going, okay, it's, you got it good and we need to press you a little bit. Right. right? So I think we've 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 kind of come so far that we we try to be too kind, too nice, too forgiving, uh, that that they don't they don't have the same. There's no implants, right? There's there's none of those moments that they're like, oh shit, or they see something and they know they should be doing something, but they don't even. It, it doesn't phase them like it used to. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. I just finished reading a book called Death of Expertise. And it's about, like, a part of this book, they're talking about how students in college, like, now feel like they have a higher authority than the professors. Because, like, they could, like, write these critiques on the professors. They could argue with them. They could tell professors that they wrong. You know what I mean? Because college is a, is a business, you know, at, at this point. Like, you pay, you pay for your degree, pretty much. I mean... Everything else, and then even the way they promote it, like like you do a tour, we show you the campus, we show you like extracurricular activities. It has nothing to do with the learning experience at all, and that's just a another example of how like the paradigm kind of shifts, and you gotta reel it back. You gotta reel it back a little, but reeling it back, it like it hurts, you know, because people are not used to this shit, so they think you being harder than you should when you're really just trying to like kind of like level level the playing field a little bit more. So, so this kind of ties into the, the post that I had that I shared this morning on the Foreign Legion. The French Foreign Legion, they have not changed. They do not, they don't put out a lot of like uh, promotional videos or anything. Uh, the standard is always the standard. It has not changed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, my takeaway, and I kind of wrote a, wrote it but essentially it's gonna sting maybe to some diversity is bullshit diversity it it is is today's victimhood okay we've allowed all our history and not 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 like big history but our individual our personal histories to be skewed so instead of holding and maintain this is what you will do and this is how it's done. And everybody conforms to this one thing. But we choose to do it, right? And the Marine Corps is kind of like that. So I'll kind of throw in the Navy a little bit, right? So when I came in the Navy, everybody's like, you know, 
which one do you like better? And, and I, I, I like both, uh, because the, the Navy was, the Marine Corps is kind of rigid at times, but they like the free thinker at the same time. But sometimes they, it's not as evident. The Navy allows you to really, you can be as stringent and linear as you want, or you can be as flexible as you want. So I, I kind of enjoy that I can, I can flex more in the Navy than I could in the Marine Corps. Yeah, we got to tap into that diversity is bullshit thing, though, a little bit more. Because that, that's a, I think it's a statement, and I think I understand what you're saying, but I don't think everybody listening oh, we, we, will understand what you're saying. So I, is I, that like, is, is that like, are you saying like, what are you, yeah, what are you saying? <laughs> so, so, so diversity and this is just an opinion. I'm not right or wrong. It's just my opinion. Uh-huh. How many countries have y'all been to? You've been in the Navy all the while, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so you've seen a lot of the world. Yeah. yeah. You've been to a lot of different places. Some shitty, some amazing. Um, but we all want to return. We all want to go back to America. We all want to go home. When we're outside America, everybody loves America. People, people respect and they, they think that we have it good and they think that we are very free and, and we are very caring. And, and I believe we are, you know, however, people come to America because they see the flag as freedom. Now, conversely, those same students that you were talking about in college and stuff, they see that flag as dominance, uh, uh, oppressive. And, and you're like, wait a minute, when did that happen? What have you been oppressed about? What could you do or what could you not do and why? And, you know, being in the military is kind of a, a unique experience as, as well because you know, we're all from different places. We all grew up differently in essence, you know, the, our, our, our experiences are all different, but when we come in the Navy and this is, this is where the diversity is really bullshit. What does the Navy and what does any service give us in boot camp? Values and, and everything. They, they teach you the, the, the Navy way pretty much. Which yeah, is core so values. We, yeah. We get those core values and that's kind of the linkage to start to, you know, connect, connect all these different experiences and growth and bring them together. Now, so usually when I'm talking to people and I'll say something like, like diversity is bullshit, I let it sit because if you do it to me, you know, when you say things, people get upset, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes people, they take things so literal and personal that they don't stop to say, what do you mean by that? Because we could say the same word and today it's so diverse in how we understand what it really means. Yeah. So there's that gap, right? right, So so as you, as you're defining it, let me ask you, let me ask you a question. Then, Do you think like a panel of uh, middle-aged, I'll give you an example. Do you think a panel of middle-aged white men, uh, Make the best decision for a group of women. Uh, for for what? A group of women. For, all women. No. Okay. All right. All right. They, you, 
But Americans, we are all going to see things differently, but we're all going to have some connectivity in how we view things. Uh-huh. Okay? So it's not about the skin color, the religion, the your sexual orientation. That's you personally. And everybody, that's the great part. You do you, bro. And, and life is good. It's diversity and thought that that is 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 one of the keys. Now, diversity and representation, like for example, you said women. I don't yeah. I don't think a, a man, regardless of where he's from, is going to be able to tell a woman, you know, about woman stuff. Yeah, yeah. And we talk about the transgender thing, right? It's kind of a unique situation there because you have the transgender females saying they're women and you have some women accepting that and you have other women saying, no, 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 we're different. Right. So if the, if we can't stand united on anything, we'll be united on nothing. So at what point do we allow things to, to travel a road uh, and, and, and say, let's wait. I want everybody to be able to do anything they want, but it has to be fair, right? Mm-hmm. So, so in this particular situation, I don't care if you're transgender, but should you be a transgender female competing with biological females? I say no. Just make another category and you can still compete. That, yeah. That's my answer. Bago had all the Bago had all the post points, man. We asked Bago about uh, his uh, how he entered the military, man. We got the transgender. <laughs> yeah. But hey, before, before before we get too crazy though, like with the, I mean, go anywhere else though. But back to this diversity though, because I look at diversity as having more multiple people in a room from different backgrounds. You know what I mean? That's what I'm thinking about when we talk about diversity, right? Yeah, I, I don't I don't jump into like we talking about oppression. I'm not talking about we think talking about um races and all this. I'm talking about having different people in a room that have different opinions, different backgrounds, and then out of that room, we're gonna get different answers, right? We'll get different things and we're gonna come up with the right answer and what's what like you said, and what's fair. That's how I look at diversity. I don't look at it as um anything besides like having people there to try to make a sound decision, you know what I mean? On, on whatever the case may yeah. be. I mean, and that's why I'm trying to get the core to the core of it. Cause it's like, it's like, it's a, it's a statement, right? It's something that it's yeah. something to be said. And it's something that, yes, it would be like, if somebody just heard that, it'd be like a controversial statement if it didn't get more. Yeah. More defined, clarity. To it. Yeah. yeah. Right? You know there's, what I mean? there's the dilemma in today, in, in today, Instead of having the conversation, because I love having conversation with with random people. Yeah, yeah. And w- if you allow yourself to get past that initial shock and awe yeah. that happens to you and don't allow your feelings or emotional state to overcome the... Let, let me understand. Like We're on the same page. Diversity is all these people that have a different perspective or different upbringing, different backgrounds yeah. coming to... But when the leader makes the decision based on all this information, it's still, and this is another where we, we, everybody's got an opinion. 
So my opinion and your opinion are different when we leave the room. And this mm. was the great part about the mess. Mm. The mess, we collectively cuss and discuss, but there is a decision that will be made. But yep. what's happened in recent is now we leave that room and because I don't like the situation or I don't like the decision because it wasn't my idea, they get outside and instead of just, hey, sometimes it's going to be good for you and sometimes it's going to be good for the team. But at the end of the day, we have to understand it's not always going to be your way. Yeah. You know? Facts. Yeah. So what's your thoughts, Damon? I mean, um, you got any other thoughts on that? No, that's that's all I, because um, just the, the statement it, itself, you like, it's right, like, bam, wow, that's right in my face. But, you know, my my whole thing, I was trying to, to get the clarity to it because how I look at diversity and, and how I think about it, which I think we cleared up um, about, like, what we trying to accomplish by having a, even a diversity team, the accomplishment, what we trying to do. And what we trying to do is get m- people in a room, like, like, for example, man, like you can have, like you gave the example about women, right? It'd be the same way about like all these focus groups, right? Focus groups coming out with panels about, for example, um, we can talk about um, uniform regulations. We could talk about hair. We could talk about all these different things, you know, nails and all this stuff. We have to have the right people in the room, you know what yes. I mean, to be talking about that stuff. So that's kind of where um, we we was going. I think we all on the same page when we thinking about stuff like that. Yeah, I think, yeah, and I, I, I yeah, and I, I I think uh, and I don't know. Maybe you could give me your thoughts on this one, uh, Mongo. But I I think another place you might be getting at too is a lot of what it seems like the military has been doing in recent time. It seems like the priority is uh toward diversity over. Training over uh, mission over a whole bunch of things is seems as if we cater into like everybody's uh, idea or whatever. I don't know if that's what you. I don't know if that's that, kind that of what is, you're saying. That is that is we're taking. We used to take the military. Used to take all these individuals, bring them together, and they all have different understandings. Then we give them common experiences a common core value that that can start to open up the bridge yeah and then start to build through that the adversity and the struggle is is necessary right in the military we do deployments we do workups uh you know i have 15 deployments in the mil- in being in the military five of those deployments are in country iraq and afghanistan not you know, traditional Navy kind of deployments, right? So the adversity and struggle is, is a, is individual. We could all do the same things and we're all going to take different lessons away. And I think that's what Damon's kind of talking about. All these different people bring together their different ideas and perspectives. And we talk about, we want to solve a problem. We, we all provide our inputs, our perspective, our SME expertise in an area and then compile them and then make the, the hierarchical system is the hierarchical system, right? Mm-hmm. The leader must take all 10 of those and say, 
okay, I understand all of this, but this is what we're going to do, right? So I, I think that going back to the college thing that you were talking about earlier, they can, they can complain about the, the professor. Well, that's happening in the military. Toxic leadership. Uh, it, it's uh, Everybody's a toxic leader be, and they're all great leaders at the same, the same person, but two different people have a different experience. And, and, you know, that's, what's great about being chief, right? We, we get to talk to so many different people and some, some people you get to spend more time with and you get to really give them perspectives and understanding and going back to the parents, making their kids more successful than they were or making it easier for them to do things we as chiefs, we want the same thing for our sailors. Mm-hmm. We want to set them up to be better chiefs than we were. But yeah. now, you know, they got something that none of us had. GTS. Google that shit. Mm-hmm. Right? So I, I, sometimes I'll see a sailor and, and, and it makes you go, hmm. Right? I, I don't even bother tuning anybody out. I'm just, hey, tell me what the instruction is for this. I'm asking. Uh, Cause I don't know. Yeah. Right. Cause things, things are changing so quickly that, and, and, and it's not a top down, it's not filtered and coming down. It sometimes starts in the middle and starts spreading both directions. Yeah. So sometimes we're all caught flat footed and, and instead of empowering and sharing the information, some people take the information and they empower themselves to belittle the people around them. You know, ha I know information and cheat doesn't know it or whatever, right? <laughs> but it, it it's coming so quickly. Yeah. 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 Hey, hey I, demo I, to what's up? Go ahead. Hey, demo to your point by diversity that you just you just talked about, man. I, I was looking at the the um the board stuff from last year, right? Uh-huh. And you know, you get the who made it, you get the quotas, you get all that stuff on there. This is the first time I seen a, a a spot on there that said board statistics. Uh-huh. Now I looked at all the ones before that, and I never saw that before, right? And on this board statistics, it's talking about like how many males to female made it, how many you know African Americans, how many you know Caucasian, you know all this. I never seen that before, right? Yeah. And 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 my thing goes like you go back to like like. That's like diversity is what we we you know putting in the forefront a little bit more than what we used to. I never seen that before, man. I like I know it's out there though. I know it's you know in the in the Navy world, but I never seen it like for everybody to view how many chiefs made it and how many was this and how many was that. I never seen that before. So so when you see that information, what what is the takeaway when you're when you're looking at it? Are you do you start crunching the numbers and comparing, or do you go? That's interesting, or yeah, that's you know, kind of my thought was like, mm, I, well, my whole thought process was when I saw it was first thought was like, I never seen that before. Oh, wow, I never seen it broken down like this. Then I look at oh shit, how many freaking how many? Um, could it tell you how many eligible too though? Like how right. many Caucasian eligible? How many African American? How many Asian? All that. So I look at all the, those numbers, but for me, it was more like me crunching them. Like okay, all right. Like, you know, where, where we stand at on it and, and how many made this and how many made that. But as I go through the list, 
my mind start going to like, okay, what well, shit? How many African Americans made it? You know, at first it's like, oh shit, wow. But then it goes to, okay, who made it? Because you got them right there for me to look at. So right, of course right. my mind is going to go to that. You know what I mean? Of how many made it. Yeah. So this is a, I think in, in one breath, that is an, it's really awesome how far we've come. But then in the same breath, I'm like, are, are we making it an obstacle? Because sometimes when you, you know, you stand too close to the tree. Now you, you forget about the forest, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's, you have to make sure that you're being fair. And, and, and it, if, if the numbers start showing me, and you know this, when you look at like, you're doing, like when I showed up to a command, I'll just use a random command. I, I did the CDBs with my sailors and, and I wrote some words in my notebook, kind of like my takeaways. And there was a few words that I wrote that was kind of a consistent theme. So now you're aware of it. So you said it, now you start looking, right? So I now want to confirm this because I didn't see it. Okay, now I'm going to look for it. Okay, yep, I see it now. I'm starting to see it. And now, once you see it, now we can address it. And, and we can solve that problem, whatever that problem is, right? So I think it's important that those are those numbers are like open kimono. Everybody can see them. Yeah. And we can say yeah. it, the, the process is as fair as it can be. Or it's not, and then we gotta we gotta figure out how to make it more fair. Yeah, yeah. For me, um, it's a perspective thing for me, right? So I, you know, I'll be on Twitter, I like sometime, and it was a group of uh, it's a crazy Twitter post. It was like a group of black uh, doctors who got like PhDs or whatever, right? And um, and somebody was like, uh, you know, somebody was like, my doctor looks like me or whatever, right? That was like the post, right? Um, my doctor, I'm happy to see that I got like a doctor that looked like me. But this was a, this wasn't like a black people friendly Twitter page, right? So, so they was like, well, what, like, you know, they was like, well, we won't ever go to them. And uh, why does that matter? You know, and all of this stuff, right? And me, and I, I get somebody saying, why does that matter? If their perspective, they don't know why it should matter, right? I understand if you if your perspective, you don't know why it should matter. But like, for me, like coming from where I grew up at in Philly, as a young black kid who never saw a black doctor, like as a young black kid who never saw a black doctor, it never was a possibility to me to think that that was a place that I could go. So that's that that's aspiration and inspiration. Yeah. Right. If you see nothing to aspire to, how can you inspire to be that? Yeah. 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 And I, and I think like when I look at like those statistics, for instance, I think those, like outside of what we just talked about with those statistics, I think they add to perspective for people too. So, so people can work harder for the things that they can see now that, oh shit, like if I, I, can, I, I can do this or whatever like that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but let's go back, back, back again. Let's go back to young Mago yeah. and, okay. Marines, <laughs> uh, and, and just talk Prior about some of, your experience, uh, uh, some of your experiences in the Marines. Cause I mean, you said like, you've been like combat deployed and all types of stuff, right? Uh, I was in the first Gulf War. I was a scout sniper in the Marine Corps. Uh, went through the Abagon oil fields, uh, part of Papa Bear Command. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it, it was a different war than here. I mean, we get shot at and then you deploy and then they give up, right? That was pretty much it, right? Uh, yeah. It, it was more of a fuck fest of misery than, than, you know, hooking and jabbing on like, you know, fast forward to going back to Iraq in the, you know, two, early 2000s in Afghanistan where, you know, people are slinging lead and kicking in doors. Uh, so, but the Marine Corps spent a lot of time and effort in developing, and we talk about lick operations, uh, light intensity conflicts. Mm-hmm. I was a Marine in the in the mid 80s, and we were already talking about and preparing for asymmetric type war, which fast forward, it, which when you look at the O plan, right, the big O plan, it, it's pretty amazing that we had leaders that had the foresight to understand that future war was going to look like this. So. Now we move from that asymmetric war, you fast forward, now we're looking at going back into a more conventional type warfare. So, but when you look at what's going on in Ukraine, they're, they got trench lines built, yeah, you know, this, yeah. they're doing trench warfare tight, and then it's going to move into, you know, obviously, World War II compared to today, what's a major significance in the world? Like, man, technology, because you got drones well, and... Yeah, technology, built-up areas. There's no people, you know, living... Yeah, you got buildings and all types yeah. of stuff. Yeah, know? so, which which in Mount Warfare, you know, urban area combat is the most dangerous uh, and most complex uh, type of fighting that's going to occur, which is, we're looking at it right now because China's a... Huge country, major cities, United States, major cities, Taiwan, major cities, everywhere, right? Yeah. Hundreds of thousands of people living in an area. So um, I don't want to go too too crazy with the, the war fighting stuff, but um, that mindset was developed. So going back to that diversity thing, right? I'm a I'm a white kid, grew up in a, a little I, I thought it seemed bigger when I was a kid, but when you go back and you've traveled and you start looking at it and you're like, wow, yeah. there were literally two black families that lived in, we played football and sports, right? But I think back of how we interact and actually one of them is a preacher today and we're still in contact. Yeah. Um, it, I, I never really took, you know, the uniqueness, once the uniqueness is gone, now you're past that. And now it's all about, okay, what do we have in common? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Playing football and, and having fun. Playing football, winning, uh, the, you know, agony of defeat. Yeah. And we all have those same emotions. We all have those same feelings. We all have, yeah. you know, when you're really. Especially on the battlefield. Especially on the battlefield. Like we're not so, worried about. So fast forward, I'm in the Marine Corps and everything's about small unit tactics and war fighting. And now I'm in an environment in the Marine Corps where it's a very mixed bunch of people, Uh right? So once, once the uniqueness is worn off 
and everybody's comfortable with each other. And we used to really razz on each other. Yeah. But go ahead and be an outsider razzing on an insider and you're, you're going to pay the price, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're in the group, it didn't matter. Black, white, Hispanic, you know, and I was stationed in Camp Pendleton, California. So I would say 85% of my platoon were Hispanic and black. Yeah. Right. So I say that it's obvious, but it didn't matter to me mm-hmm. because we all suffered together. We we're all in the fighting holes, hugging each other because we're freezing in Korea you know, sharing, sharing body warmth and heat. We loved each other, bro. And I yeah. still talk to those guys today. Yeah. So it, it, it never was a thing, but fast forward to today. And it seems like, uh, the, the race and the, the diversity is the focal point of our efforts. Mm-hmm. And, and although I, I really agree with the importance of it, I think that I think that sometimes those common values that we we get together to share and the suffrage that we share and we build from the common things that we can become tighter and learn, right? Yeah. Because like the shock and awe statement, right? If you ask the question and you're willing to have the conversation, you come to find out, no, no, we're... We see it the same way. We just said it differently. Yeah, it's a, and it's a thought. Like it's a, a lot of America, you know. And it's not coming from me as a Navy man. It's coming from me just talking to pe- civilians and just hearing from what you know, media, civilians. It's a lot of people that like feel like if we have a war, like an impending war coming up, that we can't be bickering with each other about these this these uh, concepts. You know, like it's like like we're not even on the same page as Americans. I hear that a lot. I don't know about you, Damon, or are you Mongo, but I hear that a lot. Like, yo, we fighting each other. Like we, like, you know what I'm saying? We got to find a common place. So, so that, you know, Damon, you just bump me, bro. If I get in there, that, that, you want to talk about recruiting. I'm going to go circle way back. I posted about the uh, French foreign legion. My lesson there is, you don't need to change the organization. You just need to be fair. You need to, you need to inspire people to aspire. So right now we're in a position that where the military isn't inspiring the youth to aspire to want to be part of an organization because the organization now is made up of how many people are in the Navy? 385,000 people or something like that, right? So that's 385,000 individuals. So if we can't get together and on the same page, we're not going to agree on everything, right? But if we can agree on the big stuff and, and work through the low-hanging fruit stuff, I think we will be fine because what's different from my service in the 80s to today when I was in the eighties, everybody was on one page. Everybody was, everybody cared about each other. Today, everybody's on their own page and doesn't care about the person that they don't agree with on one thing. And they take that one thing and they make it a cudgel to, to, you're no good to me. You're, you're a useless person. Cause it's, if, if we could agree on everything, 
we would live in Man, a, be a, nirvana. Be a great world, right? Be yeah, a great right? world. Be perfect. Yeah, the world would be perfect. Would be perfect. Yeah. But there is no such thing as perfection, right? We're looking for the 80% answer. And yeah. that's what I tell my chiefs anyway. If you're always looking for the 100% answer, you're going to be caught flat-footed and standing still. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, I say that to like the people that listen to the podcast. Like, yo, we talk, we say a million things, you know, it's 75 episodes or something like that. If you agree with every single thing that you heard from me on here, you got a problem. Like, it's something <laughs> yeah. wrong with you're you. You're in the wrong room, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's something Big wrong with problem. you. You know what I mean? Um, uh, I, so, but, you know, because I'm trying to, because you're, you're MACM who was a Marine and then went to the Navy. And I'm trying, it's, you're the, you're the only MACM that I've ever met. You know what I mean? So, and I'm trying to get to how you, and I know some young MAs that just trying to like, damn, how the hell did he even make Master Chief? Like, how did, like, how does that even happen? Oh, you know what? You know, you get asked that question all the time, right? And, and I was like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know, but I can tell, I can tell you, I can tell you this. If you look for mentors and, and not people that tell you what you want to hear mm. or, or treat you how, like you, if everything is good and hunky dory and everything you do is awesome, brother, you better find another mentor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they aren't looking hard enough. I'll give you an I'll give you an analogy. You're dating a woman. Life is good. You get married. Life is good. Now you're doing something, and you've done it all the time since you first met. For this example, we say stir your coffee, hit your spoon three times. Now you hit your spoon three times. It's as annoying as shit, and she can't stand it. Yeah. And now that becomes the focal point and everything starts to deteriorate from there. Yeah. So the point being that you want to be honest with people. If you suck, you suck. And this is how you fix it. And that's mm -hmm. the trouble people have today is they can't, you cannot tell them in an honest way. And even going back to the diversity, right? You guys are like, mm, I don't know. Are you... Maybe we don't understand the same thing, but then we, we talk through and we do understand the same thing. So people got to get past that initial, I feel some kind of way and get to the, the lesson of it. And sometimes in the moment, people are, have you ever pissed anybody off saying something? You know, yeah. you said something in the moment and it didn't come out the way it should have. Mm -hmm. We're human. So instead of taking a snapshot in time and not, persecuting you for that moment, but watching you for a period of time and, and developing an understanding of the whole instead of a moment. So people today are looking at that ting, ting, ting on the coffee cup, and that's the focal point and everything breaks down from there. Instead of saying, let's be honest about what we like and don't like, and then some things you will adjust and some things you won't. But that's a choice we have. So as far as promotions and things like that, look for the mentors that are honest with you. And they tell you things that may sting sometimes. And, and go ahead and feel some yeah. kind of way in the moment. And then when you're, when you're now settled, think about it and process that 
and then come back and have a conversation and get more detail. Do not listen to the person that tells you you're awesome all the time because you will not, you will not improve. Look how many fat sailors we got right now. Right. What's the hardest thing that a mentor ever told you? Like what's the most thing you ever got from one of your mentors? I didn't get complimented. (laughs) So, so my, my first chief in the Navy who I still amazing guy, right? He, he, he was an MAC. Uh, he, he retired as a senior chief. Uh, he was a EOD guy. And then he got out and came back in and ended up being an MAC. So he had like an operator type mentality. So mm-hmm. good fit for me, but the dude, he was like a, like a, like a photographic memory. He'd look at an instruction and he could tell you page, paragraph, what it says, right? So, but he never said, hey, you're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. Never. So one day they took the Mark 19 barrels off and I'm an MA3. So, but I have a lot of weapons experience and I'm like, hey, hey bro, you can't take those barrels off. You got a, you got a torque wrench? And he's like, well, no, I just, they, they're, you reverse screw them, right? I'm like, no, it, you got to put 35 foot pounds of torque. And I still remember it to this day, 35 foot pounds of torque on that barrel. And if you don't do that, you could, we could hurt somebody. So I'm now upset because this gunner's mate, GM one is doing the wrong thing. And he doesn't even know what he's doing. So Mm -hmm. I go to the chief and, and he goes, well, where does it say that? Mm. And I remember reading it, but I couldn't remember where it was. And remember, we can't, we're not picking up a phone and just Googling it. We got to go research and we got to go find it. So this is how this chief was to me all the time. Go, go show it to me. Show it to me. So I had to go yeah. look all day and find it. And I, I found it and I showed him and he goes, that's why you're in charge. And he walked away. But I felt so good about that because that, to me, that was a compliment. But that's yeah. the closest I ever got to a compliment from that guy and I was with him for like three years. Yeah, I, we compliment yeah. way too much now. And the sailors, the they, they ask, "Am I going to get an award for this?" Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fast forward, I'm a chief in NSW, and I'm running a range, and the range catches fire. the 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 residue catches fire. So I tell my guys, hey, take everybody outside. And I grab a fire extinguisher. I go up on the backside and I put it out. And uh, these couple second class are like, hey, chief, are we going to get an award? And I was like, for what? I go, all you (laughs) did was take them outside and put a fire out. Yeah. Not a big deal. But come later, uh, they did an investigation and the command's like, hey, that was amazing, Chief. You and your guys really did a great job. And I'm like, we just put out a fire. It was a little fire, not a big fire. But yeah. the two weeks prior to that, Big Navy, a $3 million range had just burned down because mm. the people that ran the range freaked out and everybody ran out of the building instead of somebody dealing with the situation. And mm. a $3 million range burned down. So in retrospect, I'm like, 
well, maybe they should get an award. Maybe, that huh? <laughs> maybe, you know, but, but, but nobody did. Not me yeah. either. Yeah. I remember when I got my, like, I think I got like my fourth NAM on the same ship or whatever, right? And, and, and on that ship, I got two. That day that I got this fourth NAM, I got two NAMs on the same day, right? So I Damn, got bro. a NAM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a NAM, right? And then I like got out of ranks. So it was like a it was like a spot name for something. And then I was getting another name for sale of the year or something, right? So I get the spot name. And then me and my mentee, actually, my mentee was right next to me, the dude that I talked about in the last episode that I got in trouble with, right? Him, right? <laughs> he was my mentee. So I get the spot name, and then me and him, and his name is his last name start with an M. So we standing right next to each other. We get out of ranks, we go back in the back, and we get another name, right? So then at some point right after that, though, my the MR1 on the ship, he tells a story about how his uncle got a NAM. His uncle got a NAM. Now, here I go with my four dabs, right? I got four dabs, right? At, at, at this point on the ship, I left with five. But his uncle got a NAM for like building a bridge so like uh, the people that he was fighting with could get uh, like over like some lake or something while taking like enemy fire and shit like that. Yo. And it made <laughs> me just feel like, yo, why the hell? <laughs> Well, Do I that, have these four damn names? <laughs> that that's the that's it's it it's that course correct that we've done, and it's it's happened for a long period of time, right? Again, we want to we want our sailors to be better off than we were, so we start you know giving them awards, and you know because maybe we should have got an award. So now we want to recognize our sailors and, and make sure, which I I do agree with, we need to recognize the sailors, 100%. But I think that you have to be, you, you devalue it. I, I was a super squad Marine, okay? Super squad is a competition for infantrymen and it's, a, it's an all Marine Corps competition. My squad won, 1989. I'm old as shit. So we go and meet the president of the United States, the, the, the secretary of defense, who was Dick Cheney at the time. Mm-hmm. It was a uh, Bush, daddy Bush president. Um, yeah. Sergeant major of the Marine Corps gray, who, who was an amazing, uh, commandant got to meet him. Right. We didn't get a NAM for that, bro, but we did get a badge. Uh, we got a special badge for it. So you look at a Marine uniform and you'll see a gunny that's got like 20 years in and he might have one NAM. Yeah. You look at a second class and he's got like three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So you see the how we view the awards are different just between yeah. the services. Yeah, I mean, and, and not just that because uh, like, Man, like, and we talked about this on a podcast before, but then it, it ain't too many sellers that you can ask, you know, based off of my own, like I, like we said last episode, all this come from my own experience, but it, it, it ain't been too many sellers that if I asked them like, hey, where you think you sit? Only had one seller ever say, I'm not an EP. I know that right now. That dude now is a chief. Every other seller that I ever asked, like where they thought they sat. I should be like, I should be number one EP. I just know it. Like I, I should it, be. Yeah. That's and, crazy and, to me, man. But you right. I'm the same way, man. Same way. You as a sailor in a heartbeat, man. In a heartbeat. I'm an EP. I'm an EP. Like, why are you an EP? Can you tell me why? No. <laughs> Can't tell me why. No. But they should be an EP though. Yeah, like you know what it's, mean? It's, it's hard. It's, it's, 
right? Easy. Being number one EP is not easy. Like it's, it's not, not easy, like, man. And, and and I've been number one EP before, right? But it's like I could see. I'm able to see if I'm not. Like like. But <laughs> you that see. honest conversation, right? You got to yeah. have it. It starts with yourself. Being honest to yourself. But I remember uh, I was in mobile security. It was my first command. I'm a plank owner in, in Guam. So I show up. Uh, I'm a seaman Manado. <laughs> so I got hash marks and chest candy. And they're looking at me like, what, what'd you do? <laughs> Although yeah. I, I just got in the Navy. You know, they, I was a sergeant in the Marine Corps and now I'm a seaman in the Navy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Going back to the what should a sailor do? Be motivated. Look for work. See this? Work harder. Mm-hmm. Outwork your people. You know if you're number one because you're outworking everybody around you. But the difference is what are you doing for everybody else around you? If you're the person that's turning left and turning right to say, hey, shipmate, get up here with me. And we talk about this, especially in the mess about humility. Are we really humble? Are we still pounding our chest out? Oh, I'm a chief. I'm great, right? That's that's a, a groomed mentality that the junior sailors see and they it keeps getting passed along upward. And, and then, and you're looking at a, a degrade in the mess today compared to even 10 years ago. Uh, the loyalty to each other. And, and I don't mean it in a... In a in a bad way. You call out balls and strikes. Like I remember telling one of my homies, Hey bro, you need to get your shit together. You're fucking up. Yeah. And this is my homie. Right. And, and, uh, and it was, he, he was a little bit shocked and he felt some kind of way for a minute. And then he felt bad. And then he, he was like, you're right. He, he, then he took it in himself. He's like, you're right. I got to fix myself. Yeah. So, we got to have the honest conversation and the humility to understand that, you know, maybe I'm not as good as I think I am. I need to work harder. I need to try harder. Did I study? Did I did I help my shipmate out when I should have? Or did I bitch and moan that, well, I got to go relieve so-and-so? And we, we all get the shitty end of the stick. That's just, that's the military. That's just life in the military. Yeah. I got two guys I had to send up. Sorry, and and sometimes we 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 lean towards that a little bit too, man. Like when you have a a good leader or somebody you look up to, um, when a young sailor give a fuck, right? Mm-hmm. You okay with giving them the playbook? You know what I mean? You sure. okay with giving the playbook? Like like I was I, I had a, a actually uh one of my mentors told me like he was like he gave me the he gave me the playbook, right? He said you do X Y and Z. And you will be successful as a chief. And then he gave me the playbook. He told me you could do what you want with it. But he let me know what I could do to be successful. But he didn't say, go do it. He didn't make me do anything. He just told me, do these things. And then if you give a fuck, right, you'll go out and try to execute them. And hopefully you'll be successful when you do it. But and there's like a lot of trust in there. Yeah. But a lot of times now, man, like, like, Everything you people want stuff handed to them, just like with the EP thing, man. It's like you, we just don't see, they don't see um, where they can get better at, 
they think they already great already, you know? So all these things. So from a leadership standpoint, man, we have to, in a mentor standpoint, we have to give them that hard truth. If we don't give them that hard truth, I'm telling you, we could doing them a disservice, right? We are hurting them by not being straight and telling them exactly what they need to do to get better, right? Yeah, Lead them in the right, because I'm, I'm telling you, it's, I, we see it. Well, I didn't say, I'm saying I see it. We see it all the time. Like it, it, it's crazy how um, you you go out there on the deck plates on a ship, like and, I, and I'm an inspector, so I go on the ships and I'm and I'm, I'm watching stuff and I'm looking at things and I'm watching these sailors. Like these, I've been doing, say for example, repair locker inventories for twenty some years, right? Mm-hmm. These sailors out there, like telling me, <laughs> no, senior, this is this, and I have to no shit, no, open your fr- open your book up, you know what I mean? Open yeah. your book up and look at this and tell me what it say. And I and sometimes I be thinking to myself, man, why do I have to do that? I'm a freaking seeing she's been doing this shit 20 some years, but I would be <laughs> you'd be surprised how many times that I will get my ass called out for these young yeah. sailors on the ship, which I have no problem with because I like training and like teaching them, but it's crazy. That just happened to me. Like I went to take a your analysis, right? <laughs> If anybody been listening to the podcast and they understand what's going on, like I inspect the urinalysis programs, like <laughs> like that's my job, you know what I'm saying? So I go take a urinalysis and um they do something wrong. Yeah, they do something wrong on the paperwork, right? Mm-hmm. They do something wrong on the paperwork. And then they tell me, they say, hey, uh, oh, I say, hey, you supposed to do it like this. And they like, nah, seeing, you know, it could be done like this. I'm like, no, a cat. <laughs> like, 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 like a cat. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's, it, you know, the assessment and the seller been out. Like, the seller ain't been like around for a little bit. You know, I'm like, hey, there's, you know, we changed the standard on how we want it done based off the new assessment form that's based off the new instruction or whatever. And then the other UPC was like, yeah, like, seniors, right. You know what I mean? But it's like, <laughs> hell yeah, I'm right. Like, I'm like, I inspect the program. You know what I mean? Like, I know, you know, I know like what I'm you're talking gonna about. Say, like, you're going to say something and not be right. Yeah. Oh, my bad, senior. Yeah, oh, my bad. I'm like, look. Hey, Dumbo. Hey, 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 the person who was trying to tell you, did he know what you did? That he know you, you inspect the programs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, yes. it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a, making woman, worse, it's right? a woman, but, uh, yeah, she knew. And like I said, it wasn't really nothing against her, but, she had been gone for a while. Like, you ain't been around yeah. for a little bit. You don't know. Like, I just came around. I just inspected the program, like, three weeks ago. And I told them, like, hey, y'all been doing this wrong. We need to change yeah. it. So, so you you know, uh, you tell them you're giving me that old cook-up. You know, this the new, this the new recipe. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, but, um, yeah, that was that. But, hey, I, I got some career questions. Uh, oh, no, but it, before I do go, you did have something to say, uh, Mongo based off of all of that that whole idea. Yeah, so. you know, the talking to the talking to your sailors uh, and, and you guys hit on it already about you know why would you as a senior chief or a master chief say hey do this and 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 they don't want to listen to you <laughs> or or you you said something as a leader okay I I I can say some things in a in a rough way but again. I says, hey, shipmate, the gym's free. You know that, right? <laughs> that was code yeah. for your fat, bro. You might want to fucking think yeah. about it. So <laughs> that individual sailor strongly disliked me. Like, yeah. I left the area 
right? And I was gone to Greece and I come back to the area that sailor's here. So now he's saying, I don't, I don't fucking like Master Chief. He's a fucking asshole. Okay, no problem, right? So now this same individual is like, Master Chief's awesome. I wrote mm-hmm. about, and he tells me, hey, hey, Master Chief, I wrote about you in one of my college papers because you always stop what you're doing and listen. When I come in to, I, I have a question or I need to brief you on something, you always stop what you're doing and, and, and listen to me and then give me good guidance. So this yeah. was a sailor that was like, you're a toxic, hateful individual to, oh, you're awesome leader. So that's crazy to me if he, and I told him, just like I told y'all, you have to not take the snapshot in time, have several interactions before you decide to put somebody in a category. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's the dichotomy thing or whatever. Boom. Yeah. It's the dichotomy thing. So I I got a a question for you. It's an MA question. Oh man. you know, because I, I talk to a lot of MA, uh, you know, we work around a bunch of MAs, right? I work around you guys, so I work around a bunch of MAs right now. And, you know, every now and then I get to talk to them and, like, I always hear about the sea duty billet, right? Um, and I know, like, for s- certain rates, like, certain billets are more important than others are helpful for career progression and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. just based off of your own perspective, is that like one time going out to sea or whatever like that? Is that important for the career progression of an MA if they trying to achieve the highest goals that they can in the Navy? I think generally, regardless of rate, they uh-huh. you have to be FDNF, right? For deployed forces. So if you're, if you're not and you're not doing different types of duties, you're not a competitive sailor. When, the, when you start to move up in the ranks, right? E1 through yeah. E6, pass your test, you, you'll, you'll make those ranks. But once it's chief, they want to see that you're, you're taking the hard duties and, and yeah. usually overseas or deployable uh, units are, are going to be where you need to be at. And then, you know, as a chief, you need to look at like uh, instructor duties, you know, impact impact that is the navy or like a ma school is really good but we can't all do those there's just not enough billets so that's why i say how do you get promoted work work you don't have to you don't always have to get the the right duty station you have to do the right things when you get to that duty station Mm. that's how i feel yeah that's how i feel but if you're always uh, like for MAs, you got CNIC, which is probably a big bulk of, of MAs. Uh, if you're always doing the same thing, and I, I kind of, I remember I was a senior chief in, I was the ops chief in Bahrain. And uh, this chief was sent to, to come talk to me. He had just did his LDO board. And he didn't know what CVAMP was, which is a program that we enter, you know, there's a down fence line there, you know, all, all your high value asset kind of stuff. We need, we need money funding to fix it or build something. So he didn't know what that was. And my first instinct was like, are you serious? How do you not know that you're a, you're a, you're a chief, but 
I fought that emotion in my head, like wanting to call him a dumbass, right? Yeah. To, and th- this is where I think I, I like to ask questions. So I says, Chief, what have you done in your career? And he's like, oh, I've always been in section. And I was like, so I learned a lesson. So I took the lesson as I moved around and did different things to make sure that I'm exposing, especially my first classes and chiefs to other aspects of the rate, like physical security, AT, you know, um, key and lock, all these different programs that you don't, you wouldn't be exposed to if you just do your standard, you know, post checks and and that sort of thing. So I try to make sure that I, I, I take sailors and expose them to other things within their rate instead of, Hey, study this test, study for your test. Well, Hey, how about you go get with this chief or how about you go get with this MA1 and learn the key and lock program, how, it, how it's supposed to work. Yeah. And then you're actually hands-on doing it. And I'm a really a hands-on person. I can read it. You can tell me about it. And I'm like, okay, I'm a knuckle dragger, but Hey, come here, let me show you. And then I do it. Oh, it, it stays in the, the old brain housing group and I can recall it. Um, so for promotion wise, I'd say exposure to get outside your comfort zone. Don't do the same things all the time. If you're going to transfer from one duty station to another, look for an NEC, a school. I, I, I think that's another reason I probably got promoted. I have a whole bunch of NECs. But I'll, t- I'll see other chiefs and senior chiefs and they're quad zeros. And I, I was like, how do, you, how do you not go do something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would say at the end of the day, aside from that, work and be the, the name that comes up. Like you need something done. You're, you're a senior chief and you, you need something done. There's a sailor that pops in your head. Right, yeah. For the most, yeah, all yeah. There's, a, there's, there's, there's a couple of sailors. You're like, oh, this guy, he's got it, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I tell my sailors, that's the person you want to be. So work hard, learn things, be willing to try things, volunteer for stuff. You know, a lot of people in this kind of in my company side. What's the commonality, regardless of service, that happens to us when we get out? You probably talk to people that have gotten out. What do they miss? The camaraderie. camaraderie. Yes. Yeah. Regardless of service, they all say, I miss the camaraderie, which is kind of slacking right now, right? They all miss that. So that is one of my, that, that dawned on me. And I started my company based on the premise of connecting veterans with other veterans. Mm. And not making an exclusive group, but making an inclusive group. Meaning uh-huh. that I do the touch points that resonate with a veteran. And to some civilians, it's cool, right? You watch war movies or what, you heard this phrase or you heard that, and you, it's kind of cool and you're interested. So they they want to get involved. So I'm trying to connect the two the, the two different people, the civilians that have never been in the military with mm-hmm. the, the veterans that have served their country, you know, 
and say, we have more in common than you believe that we have. Yeah. And now before we go too deep into a team before self, um, what made you go from green to blue? That that was a chance. So 9-11 happened. And I, so I worked in Japan. I was a baseball scout and I worked for a sports management company and I did recruitment in the uh, Asia Pacific, right? I did Korea, Japan, uh, Taiwan, the Asian countries. I did recruitment and I produced scouting camps that major leagues would come over. So we had relationships with a, a few teams in the major leagues. So I'm in California and I have friends there and I was there on for work and 9-11 happened. My bro who was in the Marine Corps with me wakes me up and he's like, you got to see this. And he starts flipping the channel on the TV. I can ask you to, where were you on 9-11? And I bet you know where you were. I know you know what you were doing. You know who you were with. Some of you can probably even, I remember a smell. That is how significant that day was. So that day it happened. I went to the Marine recruiter that day and tried to go back in the Marine Corps. Mm. And the Marine Corps said, uh, we're not taking prior service. And, and so I laugh when people say they want to get out. Hey, you want to get out? Good on you. Go for it. We all have a path and we all got to walk it. But if you think that you're going to get out and then come back in, that's not always going to happen. It's a lot harder to get back in than to be a brand new recruit. So I go next door and I go to the army. The army's like, yeah, we can put you in. But I lived in Japan. So I, I needed my DD-214, which was it and all my stuff in Japan. He goes, we got recruiters in Japan. So I, I go to meet the recruiter in Camp Zama in Japan. The dude doesn't show up. I'm outside. I can't get on base. He doesn't show up. I'm like calling him. No answer. So after about, you know, 30 minutes, I'm like, pack sand, bro. I'm not standing out here like I'm, you know, a date. So I roll. I get a call a little bit later and he's, I'm really sorry. You know, I, you know, I got hung up. I'm like, all right. So I come back uh, another time and he's like 20 minutes late. Marines are very linear. All right. So I have a, a very linear mind in some aspects. So timeliness is very important to me. Like I hate being late. Right. Mm-hmm. So my recruiter, when I joined the Marine Corps, I remember he told me he was going to call my house at 1500. I swear to Christ at 1459 and 40 seconds, the phone rang. That's, mm. that was my experience. The army recruiter is late and I'm like, no. Is this how your organization operates? Uh, I'm not Twice. interested. <laughs> right? Peace. Deuces, bitches. So I have a friend who's an EOD guy, and he's like, why don't you join the Navy? And I was like, I want to shoot motherfuckers in the face. I want to go to, I want to go downrange and kill bad guys. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, he tells me all about what EOD does. So I'm like, well, I, that sounds pretty cool. So then I get this BM, BMC recruiter. 
So he's based uh, he's based out of L.A. and they're responsible for Yakuska because wherever you have high schools, they're going to have recruiters. So I joined the Navy, and this is gonna this is the funny part of it. I joined the Navy from Yakuska Base, Japan. Mm-hmm. You know what's significant about Yakuska Base, Japan? That was my first duty station as a Marine. I was in Marine Barracks, Japan, 1986 to 1988, right? So kind of just fun fact there. So that that BMC, bro, he was he was on it. I, I was just like, wow, fuck, squared away, bro. So I had to do some interviews. And this is where I tell people it's not easy to get back into the service. So I had I was a uh, a reserve sheriff in San Diego. So I went to the San Diego Sheriff Academy back in the day. So I I really said I I don't want to wear a uniform. I want to wear camis. I know it's not a good reason, but that was it. So mm-hmm. he was like, "Well, you have a you had a post certificate. You're a police officer, so you can be an MA." Okay, I'll do that. When can I do EOD? And he goes, well, first you got to go to A school and then you go to your first command. And then from there you can, you know, try to do that. So that's what I did. I joined the Navy from Yakuska base as an MA. I was MASN Minato. Uh, and I started the process in 2001. Like, I don't remember. It's like April or something. And I got in June of 2003. Mm-hmm. So it took me about 18 months. I had an admiral that I never saw the write-up, but I got to see it later. Some admiral that I did a phone interview with wrote a really nice, really good recommendation for me. Uh, and uh, I want to be, I think I've been in the Navy like 20 years now, 19 and a half. Yeah. Uh, and I started out as an E3 oh, at okay. so 19 came, some odd years ago. Uh, and then how many years did you do in the Marines? Uh, almost eight years. Okay. So my service, it, that's why I'm at, I'm at 27. So my service, it, it, it counts towards my retirement. So oh, nice. I'm paid, I'm a paid mass chief. And this year I'll hit my 27th year mm. of service. Yeah. So I, I got it. So we do a thing here called do better. Right. Uh, and I'm not sure if Damon got one, but I, I don't have one, but I got one. Um, for me, it's like a do different, right? So the main things that motivate me are doubt and adversity, right? And one of the things that keeps me going is energy, right? So if you if you think I can't do some shit, <clears throat> I'ma do it. If I'm if if like the odds are against me or whatever like that, I'm going to climb the mountain or whatever like that. But then energy is one too. And that's from back in my music days, like back when I used to do music. Like if I get in front of a crowd and I start performing, it'd be hard for me if they don't know who I am or they don't know none of the music because it's like I'm trying to feed off that energy. So that Mm. used to be that, you know, so then when I start getting that energy, I start giving it, right? That's just how I am. Um, But I need to, like for me, I need to learn how to stay motivated if I don't have either. So if I don't have motivation and if I don't have, I mean, if I don't have adversity or doubt, I need to figure out how to like, if I lapped everybody, I need to figure out how to keep at that speed so that that slick person don't come 
come, you know, come behind and pass me up. Because that's my thing. Um, and like, it's like, all right, you could get to the top, but how can you stay on the top or whatever? You know, like, all right, you then fought your way up the hill, but now you got to fight all of these people that's on their way up the hill to, 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 to fight you off of the hill. And that means you got to be able to condition yourself for battle uh, even at the top of the hill. Because you got to be able to condition yourself to defend or whatever, right? Um, and I'm going to get into later um, why I'm saying that. But I definitely need to... And the energy as well. I need to learn how to like... Because I could go... And I remember when Damon used to be the president of the mess and I was the vice president of the mess. And sometimes you go in a mess and you don't get that energy. And not like you don't mm. really get the energy that you want when you're in front of them and you talking, like people talking. And me, I feed off like, it, like that energy that bring me down. Like, you know, so I need to be able to go somewhere, um, especially like in me trying to be a C-cell and stuff like that. I need to be able to like identify, oh shit, this place has low energy. And for me to not sink in my own self and for me to figure out ways to get these people motivated. And I'm like I said, I'm going to get deeper into why um, I'm saying that in, a, in a, like one of our uh, episodes later. But those are two things that I need to work on in myself, uh, ways that I could keep myself motivated. Yeah, man, got, I, I do got I do got a little do better, man. Oh shit! My do okay. my my do better, man, is um we was talking about Japan. <laughs> so my do better is for is for Japan, man. Like I got a a big issue with um PCS into Japan, and also just going over to visit Japan. Like I do inspections right now, and I go over and visit Japan a lot. Um, my issue is catching that blue bus. Right, mm -hmm. that blue bus from from two to three to four hours away from where you trying to go, <laughs> right? And my issue is why the, if if I'm going to if I'm PCS into my command, why my command ain't got that van out there to pick me up? You know what I mean? So four hour ride. <laughs> that, if, if, if That's a good question. Why why don't they? It's it's, exactly. Ride, That's why I was like, go, they got to do better over there, man. And then on top of that, <laughs> I was like stationed in Japan for three years, man. Three years I was stationed in Japan. When me and my whole entire family got there, we had to catch that blue bus to 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 Yakuska. Yeah, man. So David, did nobody come pick us up, man? Like they, what? It's you know crazy. the you know the seventy two hour thing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That video that the Navy does, the first seventy two hours. Yeah, yeah. Why why does nobody care about you? You're a senior chief, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah. I, I I may have talked to the talked to uh, Damo about it. We forget about the chief and everything's about the blue shirts. And we'll we'll bend over backwards to make sure they got all their ducks in a row. They have money. They have everything support. But when it's a chief or above, we kind of forget about them. So you go to Japan, you got. You got to take the blue bus, and you got your family and kids, and and and, and you know that's how you that's how you're received. So, yeah. I and I one of the things we had a we had our CMC check in, and Dom will let it up, and we all wanted to make a good reception. And I I think how you re, how you are received is how you start out right, and if you're mm -hmm. not received well, you kind of you, you kind of do the let me kind of, mm. you stay over let me there, let me in. watch, right? <laughs> yeah. But when yeah. you're kind of welcomed in and you're almost like, get over here, right? You're instantly welcomed. 
you, you're like, oh, let me jump in. Let me let me help out. Let me where do where do I fit in? Right. You, you're yeah, more yeah. motivated and more inclined to be part of the group, even though you don't know the group compared to that. You guys stay over there. I'm going to watch for a minute and see who's who. Right. So mm-hmm. this this CMC checks in and we we get him his room. We get him all set up. And, and he was very thankful. And that's the, the, the humility that I think all of us should have as human beings. Right. Nobody has to do anything for you. It's your life. It's your family. It's yeah. that's you, bro. Take care of you. Yeah. But being a good human being and knowing that you're about to be part of my group, we should do something to make you feel welcomed and part of the group. So yeah. this is the 21st century. They got cars, they got buses, they got we can mm-hmm. we can take time out of our life and go get you. Is what I ultimately saying. Yeah, come up well, there. Let me, let me. What's hey, that? Mongo, let me clarify though. When I went to Japan and got stationed out of DC one at the time, though, I wasn't in the mess. So I don't want the mess thinking. No, when I got that CG, they come pick me up. But yeah, I don't so, want, I got to, you right I don't want anybody, right? even even the the junior guys. I, I want somebody to yeah. meet them. I want somebody to yeah. you know take them in and be like, hey, this is where you got to go. This is where you you know kind of guide you around. I, and I know the what is it the mentor, not the mentor program. You know, sponsorship sponsorship program. Yeah, yeah. Now the sponsorship would be there when you get when you when you get off that blue bus in Yoko. They might be there to pick you up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, hey, Mongo, uh, I know you probably got to do better too. But before you get into it, like something you said uh, just now, I I do want to tap into because it it made me think about and we talked about it before, but it made me think about um, when we pulled the. when we poured our, uh, no, no, the refugees, like a couple years ago when the refugees right. came, came, they came over and we had to house them on our base, right? And it's like before you got this, I think this before you came back. Yeah, we had, to house, we had to house them on a base and it was a big conversation and a mess about like the watch standing. Because this will add like an additional like group of watch standers to the barracks and stuff like this. And I, I talked about it on a podcast before, but like, so every chief in the mess, right? Was saying, and, and, and it just kind of plays into when you were saying, like, we focus on the sellers, but then we forget about the chiefs. Because every chief in the mess was like, hey, my, my seller live like too far. They was like, hey, my seller live an hour away. They can't come. Um, this seller, they can't do it because of this. They was like, this seller can't do it because of this. And it's like, well, who the hell going to do it? And every chief was like, I'll do it. You know? And that's and then, the thing like, they don't so see. The CMC was like, yeah, the CMC is like, well, how far do you live? He's <laughs> like, oh, he's like, you live about the same amount of time away from your <laughs> seller. So you just don't want to tell your seller to do it. Instead, you're going to fucking do it yourself. Right. And um, I get it. OK, the self-sacrificial stuff. But like, are we cutting into mission now from you not having a conversation that you feel like is a hard conversation yeah. with, with your seller? So now you're just going to do every damn thing. Or whatever. No, this is a, a situation that we didn't plan for. And we all got to Roger up now and commit to the mission until this thing is over with. So, like, I, I just wanted to kind of um, bring a little scale down on, on, on what you were saying, because I actually been through it before, where every chief was about to add this extra duty to their back and not include our core sellers. Like, we... Uh, we got way more sellers than just a group of chiefs that was in that mess. Because they're afraid of the leadership. They're afraid to have the hard mm-hmm. conversation. 
So I got two, I got two MA1s that their weekend got screwed up. They are in Norfolk right now. And this weekend is Mother's Day, right? So mm-hmm. it happened. We have to do it. I even, I even volunteered like, hey, I, I, when we're doing rotation, put me on. I'll be a driver. My chief was like looking at me like, you're crazy, bro. You're a master chief. I'm like, sometimes all hands on deck is all hands on deck. You take your blouse off yeah. and, you, and you roll up your sleeves and you do the work. And if you can't do the work, then you need to look at yourself and remember where you came from. And you're forgetting the example that you set. I'll stop there. So they go. They got to go. I see them and I'm like, hey, guys, uh, bad timing. I stiff armed this for a while, but we knew it was going to come. And one of the one of the guys says to me, he goes, Master Chief, I know we wouldn't go unless we had to. And and just that statement, it man made me feel good. But a leader has to deliver the bad news. The good news is easy. It's the bad news or the the inconveniences that we have to deliver that suck. But those are the ones that have to be delivered. Yeah. But the yeah. trust, they were like. Hey, Roger that. I knew you won't do it if we didn't have to. So there's mm-hmm. that trust there. Yeah, and that's that comes from establishing yourself and you know that you know gaining that and all of that, man. You got to do better. <laughs> for for me personally to do better, uh, no, our our the the navy. I, I think we kind of talked about it. I, I think that we need to realize that. We have to stop focusing that we're we're different and focus on our similarities and accept our differences and embrace those differences and realize that we're we're all one team and we're here for each other. Cause I've been downrange. I gave two fucks where you came from. If you're wearing this uniform, I was trusting you and pull whatever I gotta do to make sure you're good. And I expected mm-hmm. the same reciprocated. So today, the do better is each individual do better by checking your feelings and emotion and, and, and get real with each other. You don't have to like everything about everybody. You don't even have to, you know, even accept everything as it is. But you can accept that everybody has a choice to make, and it's their choice to make. Just like mm-hmm. you said, uh, you know, you you dump into a sailor because you see they have potential, but that sailor has to has to do the work. They have to accept it. Yeah, the, like the worst thing you could do is watch somebody fail because you were scared to tell them like how to course correct. Right, you know, yeah. you could just watch somebody fail, and just because you, I've seen like a lot of sellers, um, that like were probably rough in the beginning or something, and it's actually a credit, like that I'm talking about Damon, who like came back later, like man, if it wasn't for like senior leggings, you know, who, who who pulled me up or said this to me, and, like it's like a lot of other people probably saw it, but they might have not wanted to like hurt the seller feelings or not say the wrong thing, and it's like, damn, you're just gonna watch this person, like. You know what I mean? But I know, Mongo, earlier you mentioned something about attention to detail, you know, and I ain't want to 
straight too far away from that either. So, so I am hypersensitive when when everybody thinks I'm not paying attention or I'm not listening. I really am mm-hmm. because since I started my business, I've become really interested in everything. Uh, so I went to drop my car off today for oil change. And I had went to this, it was a V, I have an Audi. So I went to the shop and I let them know a month ago. Right. So they knew, cause I says, cause they don't do Audis there, but it's a VW. I figured they could do. So she's like, yep, we can do it. They have to order the parts. Okay. No problem. So I show up. Let me backtrack. Yesterday, I had a conversation with my developer. Yeah. He, I was supposed to launch this week my new website, mm-hmm. my updates, right? I'm all excited about it. It's going to be freaking awesome. But he's been pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. If you communicate, hey, I need more time, that's one thing. But when you're expecting something to happen and nobody says anything, and then the moment of truth happens and they're like, I can't do it. We got to wait till next week. So I'm giving this kid like, hey, let me tell you about a life lesson. Under promise and over deliver. Don't promise something that you will never be able to deliver on a t- on time. Mm-hmm. So I had that in my head. So this morning... The same woman that helped me a month ago helped me this morning. And they have none of this stuff to do my car. It's not an emergency, so no big deal. But I says, you know what? I'm, I'm a little disappointed. She goes, why? And I was like, well, you know, this might sting a little. And she goes, no, I can take it. And I was like, it just seems like today's world doesn't care about their personal reputation and accountability. I came here a month ago to set up the appointment. You knew what you needed to do. And here I am today ready to do it. And you can't execute. And she goes, you're right. I'm really sorry. And I was like, nobody really cares about sorry. We care about execution. (laughs) So I And that's, and honestly, that's how I delivered the message. It wasn't, I wasn't ranting and raving. I was just really disappointed because two times and I'm an old man, right? So, because I got called a fucking boomer, I'm like, I'm an exer, dude. Get the fuck out of here. Because we like to <laughs> we like to blame groups of people for the the fucked up environment in which we reside now. And yeah, I had nothing to do with it. I didn't do it. Why are you upset with me? <laughs> right? Yeah. But you and, and you don't know me. You never talked to me before, and you're gonna just make random statements to people. So everybody's caught up in their feelings. Stop. Yeah. And and just use some intellect and allow people to get their idea out and if it makes you feel some kind of way, ask questions. Make sure mm-hmm. that you understand what they understand instead of filling in your own blanks. Yeah. And don't let it simmer either. No. <laughs> let no. it <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you just got to ask, man. Just get, yeah. get that clarity. Um, come down to you're either going to agree or you're going to disagree. <laughs> you know and, what I mean? So you're yeah. either going to agree or you're going to agree to disagree. You and know that what used I mean? to be a thing, moving. right? We can agree to disagree. And yeah. now, now you 
can't even do that. They still, yeah, yeah, and I, I, I honestly think that's why we're not gonna get. I honestly think that creates a roadblock on getting past like certain cultural problems because people can't sit down and disagree. You know what I mean? Because in in disagreeing, I think sometimes, like for instance, like I always bring up, we just talk about the guns, right? And I always bring up, you got one side that like, like don't want guns, right? Then you got another side that's like, I'm for guns. And this fight always happens after like, I always see this fight happen like after like a mass shooting or something, right? A school gets shot up. So you got these two sides fighting about uh, gun rights or whatever. And none of us think to be like, oh shit, let's talk about the fact that we don't want kids to get shot at schools anymore. And then how do we take that medium that we don't want kids to get shot at schools anymore? You bring your concepts to the table. I bring my concept to the table. And let's figure out how to stop getting these damn schools shot, uh, you know, shot up. But no, let's argue about how we feel about guns or whatever like that. Instead of looking for the core issue. And I think Mm -hmm. the core issue is there's a mental, there's mental issues going on, right? How many kids committed suicide when we were younger? How many kids commit suicide today? It's a much more regular thing. So I think there's a mental aspect that, they talk about the gun, but they're not talking about what's driving people to that ultimate state to get the gun yeah. and go in and start killing people. Yeah. And we also don't talk enough about the victims. <laughs> like, like, like we don't talk enough about yeah. stopping that shit. Like, 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 oh, all right. You don't want guns. You do want guns. All right. Cool. Let's stop the shootings. What do we do? You know what I'm saying? Maybe it's a, maybe it's a real nice, happy medium. Um, don't want to dig too deep into that because that's a whole nother conversation. Oh, yeah, but, that's it. A... Yeah, my, uh, which, what was, so you started talking about your inspiration uh, behind a team before self. I, I wanted to know where were you when you started? Like, like what was going on in your head? What was that moment when you started? Like, hey, I'm going to do this. So, well, there's a kind of a story there. So, my brother wanted a t-shirt, right? He, I, in the military, we make t-shirts all the time, right? Every, yeah. Somebody can design a t-shirt. We make a t-shirt. So my brother wanted to do a t-shirt. And he knew this other guy that we went to high school with that was, he was a graphic designer, had his own business. And he was like a grade or I think it was a grade ahead of us. So we, I know him too. So we go down to talk to him. And his name's Jurgen. Uh, he's he starts talking about it, and then I come up with uh, Spartan Zero Six, and then he was he started digging in, and I was like, "Whoa, I don't want to use that because that's what I want my business, my company name to be." And then he started asking me all kinds of questions about it, and he. It, have you ever talked to somebody and they frustrate the shit out of you because they just won't stop with the questions and they're. Cu- forcing you to, you know, pulling shit out of you. And then when you're done, you're just like, oh man, I feel good. (laughs) So that kind of conversation happened. And uh, the next thing you know, he's like, let's do it. I was like, what do you mean? Let's do it. Let's, let's start the business. Mm -hmm. I had a website up within four days. This guy, we we're partners now and he builds a website. We start, launching and 
doing t-shirts and hats and uh spartan 06 was the name and i had a spartan helmet with an sz6 uh in the bottom part that was my call sign when i was in iraq so you go so this is like 2017 because so this year is my sixth year july 31st is my sixth year my website launched july 31st of 2017 um, and it was Spartan 06. So now I'm trademarking. I got a lawyer and we start trademarking and team before self was the tagline, which was another gut wrenching conversation. Cause I wrote a mission statement for my, my business. Right. And Jurgen is like, just fucking effective fire pulling it out of me. And finally I go, it means fucking team before self. It means sacrifice yourself. For the greater good. And he goes, wait, what'd you say the first time? And I, you know, you're like, I don't fucking say it. What are you talking about? No, the team thing. What'd you say? I was like, team before self. You put the team before you put yourself. And he goes, that's it right there. Yeah. And so all that mission statement that I wrote <laughs> boiled down to those three words. So now I trademark, I go get mm-hmm. a lawyer and I start the trademarking process. And I did that. You know how to tie different knots, bowling knots and, you know, square knots and all the knots, right? If you don't know how to tie the knots, tie a lot, right? So Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to do a business or what I should do. So I just started doing what I thought was right. And then I started having conversations and I, I was having a conversation with a retired Sergeant Major who we were in the Marine Corps with. And he was telling me about a friend that had a t-shirt company and he had this, I, I don't remember the name, but a fishing company had a patent or a um, patent on the name. And they ended up closing his business out and taking all his profits and because he was doing really well. So I was like, oh shit. So I did trademarking right away. I spent nice. probably around... I would say $10,000 to, and I, I put two trademarks in and uh, it comes back. They put it in this gazette for twice, 30 days each. If nobody challenges it, then it gets accepted for a trademark. So on the 59th day, Spartan Race chimes in and says, you can't use that. And I had already been in business for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah website and all that. So I'm like, oh shit, I don't know what to do. I had a Facebook page, Spartan 06. And at that time I had about 5,000 followers. To me, that was like Mm. amazing, right? Mm 5,000 people. Um, So I had the Spartan 06 and I had Team Before Self, the two trademarks. Well, Team Before Self was good to go. I got the trademark for it and Spartan 06 didn't. And I had a Spartan helmet that was my logo. So now I have a name and no logo. So now I go back to, I went through all kinds of different designs. And uh, finally, the goon has developed over several years. Uh, He started out really basic and he's gotten better over the years. Um, But, and then... 
I was trying to find ways to kind of get my name out there and, and get more, you know, people to check me out. And, uh, I didn't know what to do. And a guy was in, uh, this, a seal I know, he's like, Mongo, you always say the, the funniest shit because it's true. And I'm like, you should write it down. And so mm-hmm. then I started Mongo's motivation. So, cause I'm Mongo. And so I started, <laughs> I started writing stuff down <laughs> and, yeah. and that was Mongo's motivation started. I had 5,000 people on Spartan zero six went through the trademarking issue with Spartan race. And I was started to write the motivation. And we talked earlier about the, you, you said you want motivation so you can, you know, overcome when you're not getting fed the energy. Yeah, Motivation right. is an ebb and flow, bro. Mm-hmm. Don't depend on motivation. Depend on discipline. Yeah. You have mm. to, when you don't want to, make yourself do whatever it is. Discipline mm-hmm. is hard. Discipline requires sacrifice. It requires you to make yourself do things. But you know what? what's helpful? And you said it when we were kind of chit-chatting. You were like, some days I don't want to go to the gym and I know I'm going to read your motivation and I'm going to feel like a piece of shit, right? Right, yeah. yeah. So, so you get up and you go. That's discipline, mm-hmm. bro. We, you got internal and external forces. The internal, you make yourself do it, but some days you don't feel it, bro. And yeah. some days you you just, no matter what you do, you just don't want to. And I, I so I have it. I don't want to do it some days, but then I go, fuck, how can I write what I write and people respond to it a certain way and see me? I get texts all the time. I've been called. Uh, I've had conversations with random people. Yeah. So how can I tell somebody, hey, suck it the fuck up, work harder, go do it, stop complaining. It has to be done. And only you mm-hmm. can make that happen. How can I do that if I myself put my blanket back over and go back to sleep? Yeah. So, so that's the external force of it. I created a monster. Team before self now is the motivation that drives me to be disciplined because other people read and resonate with what I say. So I hold myself accountable for more than just myself. And in the Navy construct, we as leaders, we do the right things because we know our sailors need us to. The sailors are watching us. The sailors sailors are aspiring to be us. So every time we Mm -hmm. stumble and fail, we failed our sailor and we're human. So it's going to happen. But as long as it, you know, everybody's going to fail. It is what it is. But as long as that's not your trend line, sailors are going to respond to that. So it's, it, they're yeah. connected. So now I go to Afghanistan for my second trip. And, you know, I got a fucking beard and I'm in civilian clothes and nobody knows who I am. And, it it is good time. Um, and I'm coming back and, and I talk to everybody, bro. I don't care who you are. So I see this dude, this army cat, 
and he doesn't have any boot bands and he's looking like a piece of shit. And I was like, hey, man, come here. I reach in my bag and I happen to have boot bands and I give them to him. I was like, hey, you, you represent our country. I know you just came from downrange, but we got to be better than that, bro. Dude, like, who the fuck's this? He puts boot bands on, fixes himself, and, and we chit-chat for a little bit. Next thing you know, we're, we're finished talking, and this guy's like, he's motivated and walking away and feeling proud of what he's mm-hmm. done. Not, not like, oh, fuck, what have I done? But, oh, fuck, look what I did, right? So yeah. veterans struggle every day with the things that we've seen, things that we've done, people we've lost, people we serve with, you know, it, it's a, it's a, it's tough. It can be very hard on us. So that was the second aspect. So I tell people that my company, I don't do t-shirts and hats. I do, but that's not my business. It's just a means of communicating a message. Mm -hmm. My, my true purpose is to motivate people and share that stop focusing on the differences and start focusing on our commonalities and sense of purpose. Create mm-hmm. a vision that which is a primary role of a leader. Create vision. If you don't have vision, you aren't leading shit. You might as well be the mm. dog chasing your tail. Create a vision yeah. and others will aspire to it. So team before self, like when this website, when there's no website that you're excited about. Next Wednesday. Not up and running yet, right? So when it when it comes up, right, if I'm if I'm a lowly, you know, just if I'm that person just coming on, checking out that website, what's some of the things I find if I go on there? So the the new website when it comes out, uh, I have a chat function that's gonna be in there. It's connected to my messenger. You can click on it and send me a message directly. Uh, you know, obviously I'll get a message and I'll respond. Most of it, I do it through my Facebook page. I respond to everybody's message. Like you send me a message through WhatsApp. My WhatsApp is connected. So I'll get texts. I've gotten phone calls. Uh, I've gotten messenger. I'll respond to them. And they, they range from, Hey, I love your stuff. It's really motivating to, Hey bro, do you have time? I need to talk. Yeah. That's tough, bro. Yeah. So I'm going to read you something and I want you to tell me where it came from, man. Uh, you, you may know. Wishing, okay. hoping, wishing, hoping, dreaming. It may frame and provide vision, but you get what you work for. No excuses, just desire and drive. Ah. Yeah, that's me, bro. <laughs> How long ago was that? Uh, I'd have to look. I could probably tell you exactly. That's old, when. man. It's, that's it's old, a, man. It's a, it's deep. It's way. It was yeah, probably. If you've seen early, early posts to today, I've actually matured some, uh-huh. but I still have a lot of posts that you know. Some, some, sometimes you write some really good ones, and sometimes you don't. You know. Yeah, but, man. So I went through some of these. I'm gonna read them, man. And if I mean, if you can expound on them, we'll, we'll close out soon. We'll finish up soon. But if you if you want to stop me and expound on them, but these some of these hit me and my wife uh, both hard. Uh, this one says, uh, "When life seems to be serving up that shit sandwich, think of one word: opportunity." Mm. I was in Greece. 
And uh-huh. uh, having a, you know, in, in Greece, there's only two mass chiefs. It's the CMC and the MACM. And, uh, you know, w- when you put two alphas together, somebody has to humble themselves. Uh-huh. And, and, I, and I believe I, I tried to, but I saw the mess being nev- negatively impacted as a whole. So a leader, when you see things that are not right, regardless of where you're at in that food chain, somebody has to, that baby's ugly, bro, and it needs to be fixed. So I had the conversation with with this, this particular CMC, and it, it, it was a, it was not good. It was a very toxic relationship that, negatively impacted the entire mess. So it was almost like uh, chiefs would come to me and they didn't want to go to him. So I, I, I started, you know, you can feel good about yourself all day, but if it's not right, you, you gotta, you have to have the humility and humbleness to know it's not right. And, 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 you know, hat in hand kind of deal. So I went and talked to him again and it it got really bad. And the CEO actually put us both on a 96 with instructions to not be on the installation and go formalize a plan on how we are going to fix it and work together. So Mm. he, he was a very proud individual and he was not having it where I was like, Hey, come over to my house. We'll pull it up. I'll buy lunch and we'll, you know, it was really, it was really rough. But then he ended up, okay, we'll meet at a coffee shop. So I go, okay, we'll meet there. So I get there early, you know, and I'm, I'm standing by and the conversation started, you know, kind of like this, right? You stay over there. I'll be over here. And then as we talked, we started to kind of, you know, relax a little bit. And once we started to relax, we started to share vision with each other. And then somebody has to take responsibility. And sometimes you just, you, whether it's yours to, to take or not, somebody has to say, hey, bro, olive branch, I'm going to take it, right? I'm going to take it so we can, we can get over this obstacle and make a way forward for everybody. So I did that. And I remember, uh, I stood in front of the mess. I apologized to the mess. And, and uh, I said, we, we have to know that no matter where you are in that food chain, you have to be better today than you were yesterday. And then he did his thing. And it, they took one as very sincere and they took one as not. All right. Mm-hmm. So... But we did find some common ground and we were able to work at least for the next few months together before I transferred. So you have to be willing to be humble. Here's another one. Here's another one for you. Knowing what you bring to the table makes it easy to be brave and unafraid to sit alone. Uh, That one was written in Greece too. (laughs) Uh, 
you can be right and still be wrong. Uh huh. But if you're right and righteous, then you, sorry, you gotta be by yourself. And as long as it, as long as what you're doing is righteous, I believe that you you don't need anybody else. However, mm-hmm. if it is truly righteous, others will begin to follow, and your table will mm-hmm. grow. Because the spots at the table are earned. They aren't given. Yeah. And it's what you believe in too, right? I mean, sometimes it's what you believe in, man. You got to stand on it. People will come. The people will come. If you build it, they will come. Well, that's the vision, right? The the vision. Yeah. If you want to be better, be better. That's that's probably like my favorite one, man. So (laughs) if you want to be better, be better. Stop written, I, I'll be honest. It was probably written in Greece, um, and yeah. I do, I do a lot of self reflection, and my go to when things aren't going right, my go to is, what did I do? How can I fix this? What do I need to do to adjust? Um, so sometimes your ego is the is the problem. Yeah. And you have to you have to push it down, swallow that pill and just be better by allowing yeah. others to kind of like the EP, right? The EP thing. No motherfucker, you're not an EP. This dude is. So, right. Be humble and never put yourself at the head of the table. Be invited to the head of the table. Then you're truly in that number 1 position. Yeah, I got I got one more that I'm gonna read. I got so many, but I'm gonna read this one. Well, I've written a lot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's uh, making a permanent decision for a temporary problem, likely a bad plan. Well, I don't remember when I wrote it, but I remember there there was turmoil going on. Uh huh. Uh, and it it revolves around the emotional state. I'm Italian, bro. I, I can get super emotional, like excited. Uh, I speak loudly, you know, but I don't mean anything necessarily by it. Mm-hmm. So uh, sometimes you have to reflect and understand that how the message is delivered or who's delivering the messages can help, can help the communication of whatever that message is. You know what I mean? So yeah. you don't always yeah. have There's to be. One, I mean, just... What's that? No, I'm listening. You don't always have to be. You said you don't always have to be. You don't always have to be the head guy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I defer. I was telling Damon, man, like we talk about all the time. It's times that I defer to somebody else for certain messages. Messages in particular. Like it's certain things I know that I can't say, right? I, I, I got this topic for like a later pod about how I know that it's something wrong with me. I know it. I get it. I understand. Like, I know that <laughs> I'll go without sleeping if it means that like we up against something and I want us to be the greatest that we could be. I'll, I'll go without sleeping. I go without eating. I go, I know it's up. But if people, are, yeah, you got to focus on, I, I get it all. I'll still self-sacrifice. I do. 
Like if I want to succeed or if we, if I want my team to succeed or whatever, I'm putting in whatever I need to put in uh, for us to succeed. As a member of the team, I'm putting in whatever I need to put in for us to succeed. That means for me, sacrifice. That means hard work. That means whatever. I know that. I know everybody don't think like that or whatever. But there's like a, and it, I, I see a flaw there. Uh-huh. I see it. We all do it as chiefs. We have our first class that, you know, he's, he's awesome. He, she, awesome, right? Are they really awesome? Are you backstopping them? Because you don't want them to fail. You want your team to look good. So when that, that first class then makes chief, now they're on their own. They don't have the chief backstopping yeah. them. So that's where I see the flaw. Sometimes we, we want to succeed and we want the people around us to succeed so much. We forget that they need to fail sometimes to learn the lesson that is necessary for them to succeed, if that makes sense. Yeah, but that, but that's like Navy context, though. I'm talking about like when it comes to like editing or something. Like oh, if right. I got to be, yeah, if I got to be up on YouTube all night to learn this, I'm going to be up all night. Like I don't have like that thing that other people have where it's like, oh, yeah, let's stop for a second. I don't have that. Like. I'm crazy. Like I like like like, like I'm sick. Like so like. so that's a that's actually and I have it too. Uh, that's actually if you look at successful people, and and you are successful, right? And you're going to continue. Mm-hmm. But the most successful people are never satisfied with where they're at. Mm-hmm. So there's that in, inner drive that keeps them moving to. I use my logo as an example. It, I have still not been satisfied and I continue to hone that. Yeah. Right. I continue to hone the message. And so I'm never satisfied with where I'm at. I want, I want yeah. more. So. Yeah. Yeah. I got four uh, screenshots from four of your posts and they all got different logos. So I, I understand exactly <laughs> what you said. So, so that <laughs> was saying, another thing. <laughs> I, I thought about redoing them. But then I, yeah. I was like, I, I, at least in my own head, it's a, it's a snapshot in time and it's a development, right? It's the growth. It's, it's the, the growth. growth. Although yeah. I did change, some of them I did change. It was an afterthought. I was like, wait a minute. This was where I was at in a certain point. I want to make sure it's kind of like a like historically captured, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yep. It's, it's the growth, man. Hey, so I only got only got one more question for you. If anybody was looking to find anything team before self related, uh, anything Mongo related, where would they go to find it? So, keep it simple, stupid. That's my philosophy. Mm-hmm. Team before self, all spelled out. It, it, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, uh, my website, everything is team before self. So if you type in team before self, my stuff will come up. It's all the same, just the dot com or you know, Instagram or or uh, Facebook. YouTube is. I have a channel. I haven't really started that. That's you're gonna educate me more um, <laughs> with that. Now, I'm disappointed yeah. that you're you're gonna pop smoke early, but I yeah, know it's, man, it's a yeah. good career move. Yeah, but I'll be back. I'll be back up here all the time. Damon, you got any other questions? Nah, man, I don't have no more questions, man. I just want to, you know, um, thank Mungo, man, and um, for coming on the episode, man. Um, 
your passion, your love, and your motivation, man, is, is something that you can freaking damn near feel, man. So <laughs> I love that shit, man. So keep it up, man. I'm following your I'm following you already. So I'll be keeping up what you be doing and hopefully we get you back on the pod again, man. So thank you for you know coming on the episode. Man. I really appreciate it. And I I'm actually really humbled that, you know, Damo asked me to do it. Um and we talked about it several times and he was like, I really need to get you on. I really need to get you on. And I was like, anytime, just let me know. And, and I actually, I kind of told him, Hey, be careful what you ask, bro. Cause I'm going to answer it. <laughs> I, I think, yeah. I think being open and honest, it, there, there's an authenticity to people and you can tell people when they're, they're real, you know? And I, I always just want to be who I am. Yeah. Yeah. I, hey, Mongo, from me, from me to you, man, um, honestly, so we, so for people who don't know, like we, we work together as well. Um, if, if y'all couldn't put that together <laughs> in the last two hours of the pod, but, uh, we work together and it, it's been a pleasure, man. You know, um, I, you know, I, I sit with Master Chiefs a lot and, uh, are just other senior chiefs and chiefs. And I learn a whole lot more than I've, I ever let on to people that I learn from them. Because that's just the kind of person that I am, right? I'm just like this sponge. Like I'm always learning something from somebody. Um, a whole lot from the junior sellers too. So I have. I've I've learned a whole lot from you. Um, I appreciate it. I appreciate the humility that I've seen from you. Um, and I appreciate all the help that you guys always help me um, out with whenever I need help. If I'm filling in for CMC or whatever, um, I, I know that if I really need help, you know, I could give you a call. Um, so I, I appreciate that. Uh, thank you for sitting in with us. Uh, this was a good conversation. Um, hopefully, all the listeners got through. It might be it might be challenging a little bit, and the, you know, there's some, but I hopefully you know you got through. And some conversations should be, you know, it, some conversations should be challenging and stuff like that. So I definitely appreciate you, man. I can't wait, you know, till we catch up later in another couple more years, and you know, on a podcast and see what's going on. But I, I'll be retired. You know, we'll. Yeah, yeah, we'll still have yeah, a whole lot more. We'll still, yeah, Damon got his. Yeah, you got your, you know, your 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 thing approved, right? Your yeah, man. Approved. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. So yeah, man. But I, I appreciate it. I appreciate y'all. It sounds like somebody dog is in need of a walk or some yeah, food. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's me. That's <laughs> and me. I'm and I'm I'm about to go get some lunch with my wife, man. But I appreciate you, uh, Mongo. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Oh, definitely, man. Peace out, Peace Mississippi out. stand up.